Blog Talk Radio. pediatric speech language pathologist and welcome to teach me to talk the podcast today is tuesday july 22nd 2014 and i'm so excited you've joined us for the show before we get going with the speech pathologist who's holding a fantastic set of questions let's do a few announcements first of all if you've not been to teach me to talk.com lately you are in for a treat because we have a new format and a lot of our old features are back. Like Therapy Tip of the Week, there's a brand new one that we just released last week, which is the first in a series talking about ideas for a really familiar toy that everybody uses, but what to do with all those blocks. And in last week's new Therapy Tip of the Week, we talked about a couple of sets of cardboard blocks and then the things that you can do with them and the ideas for addressing children who are at Lots of different developmental levels. So if you've never seen a Therapy Tip of the Week video, I encourage you to go to teachmetotalk.com and watch those because you'll get lots and lots of new play ideas, even for things that maybe you, you have some cute routines for, but you need just some new ideas to spice it up a bit. If you follow teachmetotalk.com on Facebook, you can also access all of the Therapy Tip of the Week videos right there from the Facebook page. So I wanted to remind you about that as well. Let's talk about the fall conference schedule, which is nearly finalized, and these are lots and lots of dates. They're not up at teachmetotalk.com yet for the, uh, an official post, but I wanted to go ahead and mention them here on the podcast because I know we have lots of friends that listen from all over the country. First of all, in September, I'll be in Evansville on Friday, September 12th, and in New Orleans to get my gumbo fixed for uh, Friday, September 26th. And again, these are just one event. We're doing building verbal imitation and toddlers, just a one-day, fun, fast-paced course. So come uh, see me if you're in Indiana or Louisiana. In October, I'll be back in Indiana, uh, up north in Fort Wayne on Friday the 3rd, and then we're going back to Texas for uh, in San Marcos, Central Texas, for Friday, October 17th. So I've got a full, full schedule. There's a couple of more dates that we're trying to work out, but I wanted to mention those today so that you can make your plans and come spend a fun day talking about toddlers and expressive language if you're close to there. All right, so let's switch gears and get to today's guest because we have so much to talk about we have Mary on the line. How are you, Mary? I'm good. I'm so happy to, to be here and talk about this. Yay. Okay. So Mary sent me this question a couple of weeks ago, and it had so – there's no way I could have possibly answered it by email because I was busy that day. <laughs> and there's no way, again, to kind of tease apart all the little things when you're writing back and forth like 25 times. And I know I've mentioned this on the show before, but I get probably 200 emails a day that are related to teachmetotalk.com, so I can't always answer all of those. But lots of times I'll see them and I'll think, man, this is so good that I have to ask this person to be on the show so that we can tease apart what's going on with this family with this client and give you some ideas. And again, another reason that I asked Mary to be on the show is because just reading this email, 
her heart is so in the right place with looking at this family who has lots of stuff going on, and she still wants to help them. So we want to be sure more than anything else we give her some great ideas to take back to this family. And furthermore, <laughs> the things she's talking about are really, really, really common challenges that all of us experience every day working with toddlers and young preschoolers in early intervention. So tons of information here. Mary, I think we decided before we went on that I was just going to read your original email. Is that still fine with you? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read it, and then we'll just kind of tease it out. Oh, I forgot to, you know, uh, I introduced you. Is there anything else you want to share about yourself or anything else you want to say kind of about this family or this situation before we get going, or should I just jump right to the email? We can just jump right in. Okay, all right. So this is what she says. She says, I'm seeing a little boy two and a half years old twice a week. When he was referred to me, the family had already been enrolled in our state's early intervention program for a few months for a delay in expressive communication. His scores on the PLS-5, and if you're not a speech pathologist, that's a, a really common test that we give children. It's the preschool language scale, and this is the fifth edition of that test. It's been around a long time. The results revealed age-appropriate receptive language and significantly delayed expressive language. All right, so here's my first question, Mary. Do you think his receptive language is really age-appropriate? No, I do not. But yeah. it is really difficult <laughs> to assess. I did not do the test. And right. um, I think a lot of it was done on parent report. That's but what I was when, about during to my therapy sessions, it's difficult to know what he understands and what he doesn't because of the behavior issues. Right, right. It's hard to okay, get him to focus and to follow directions whether he knows or not. Yeah. And it's hard to tell. It's hard to really separate. And we'll read more details about him in a minute. But it's just a really common thing for us to say as therapists. It's so hard to determine what he really understands and what he doesn't. And we totally know that when a parent reads on paper that her child is within normal limits with receptive language, even if all, even if that testing is just based on what a parent reported versus what a therapist said. Somehow seeing that in black and white still reinforces to them there's nothing wrong with how he understands. There's nothing wrong with his comprehension. And it's so um, interesting, too, that you report that it, the original examiner administered the PLS-5, which, is again, is a really, really common test, but so many people talk about how this test really overestimates a child's um, skills, particularly in the area of comprehension. And so it is really, a lot of therapists complain because it underqualifies kids, meaning that they see the kid in front of them and they know there are issues going on, but according to the test, they test higher than they expect based on what they see that the child can really, really do. Has that been your experience for the PLS-5, Mary, or, or not? Or Yes, absolutely. Mean? Absolutely, because in our state, they have to be a certain, you know, amount below, and we often have to throw out the test and do informed clinical opinion because we know that the child is, we know what they can do, and we know that they definitely need intervention, but the test does not show it. 
Yeah, and a lot of people say that about the PLS-5. And, again, I use, I've use i used the PLS-3, the PLS-4, and those kinds of concerns have been around for a long time about that test. But, boy, it totally blew up when the PLS-5 was released. And I went to a presentation about this um, at ASHA a couple of years ago where, where a person from uh, the company that publishes PLS was there and they were asking the person directly about it and, you know, got a little bit heated. And so, you know, it's certainly something that any time that I read, you know, within normal limits on the PLS, it just makes me a little bit suspect just knowing about that, um, those concerns that lots and lots and lots of speech language pathologists have shared. And again, if you follow any of the speech therapy Facebook pages or your accounts, again, lots of people talk about this on social media. So it's not really picking on that, that publisher or anything about the test. It's just something that people from the field report a lot. So right. that's pretty interesting to me. All right, so that's kind of our, our number one thing that we're going to tease out and talk about in a minute. But let's keep going with uh, the rest of the details. But this email, all right, you said an occupational therapist evaluated him and gave the infant-toddler sensory profile. The report from this therapist reads that he has differences in vestibular processing and oral sensory processing and is sensory-seeking. Okay, so to kind of boil that down again for speech pathologists who don't have a good sensory background or parents who are listening, vestibular processing means he has difficulty with movement activities, kind of processing where his little body is in space. So how do, how do those problems look with this little guy, Mary? Have you seen any of those? Like does he get dizzy or is he sensitive about um, swinging or have you seen any of that in real life activities or no? Well, he really loves all of those little movement games, and I got most of those ideas from you, like here comes the choo-choo and row, row, row your boat, he, and he likes the deep, you know, the tight squeezes and things like that. When he's not okay. being held, he likes to kind of all over the place. He runs around okay. and has trouble stay, staying still. Okay, so his vestibular stuff might be that he really craves all that movement stuff too, and I know certainly that's what sensory seeking means. He totally, totally, totally loves all that, and that's he almost almost can't get enough of it, right? Uh, he has several feeding. Let's read the rest of it and kind of keep moving here. He has several feeding behaviors that are sensory in nature, such as texture aversions. When trying new foods, he will swallow it whole and gag. So, how does his chew? Mary, we're not going to talk about feeding today because I try to, unless we're doing a show about feeding, really limit, you know, really focus on language. But he, he can chew. He just doesn't when it's a new food, right? That, according to the parent, when I first began working with him, I, I knew about the, sensory, the feeding aversion, so I brought it up and she said the mother did not want to go there. She said she wants to stop working on feeding, that... She feels like he's getting better, so we, I have not ever even seen him eat. Okay. All right. Moving this right is along. This all now. from the report. Okay. All right. He reportedly has sleep issues and only sleeps an average of six to eight hours a night. His pediatrician recommended melatonin, but his parents don't want to give it to him. All right. And what, what do they say about that? They just don't want to medicate him. He just doesn't want to medicate a child of that age. She feels like he'll outgrow all of this. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, well, the melatonin. <laughs> Have they specifically talked more to the pediatrician about the melatonin recommendation, or they're just not really willing to talk about it, exploring that? I, sleep I think they, they really just don't want to talk about it. They've actually even thought about switching pediatricians to one that okay. is more natural and doesn't give as much medication. Okay, and is, does he take any other medications? Do you know? Probably not. No, I think she'll give him some stuff like some vitamins that, you know, could do the same thing as melatonin, but I don't think they're giving it to him in a consistent manner. Okay. Okay. All right, so let's keep going here. And, again, we're going to come back to all of these issues, but let's keep reading because there's more to this. Previous SLPs who've worked with him have tried to put him in a high chair because he's all over the place and he has trouble focusing on an activity and have put demands on him to sign or verbalize to get the desired object. This has caused a lot of anxiety, which led to tantrums for the child and anxiety for the family. Previous therapists have also voiced concerns that he could possibly be on the spectrum, and this is not something the parents want to hear or agree with. So when I came on the scene, I was told by the service coordinator to keep any suspected diagnoses to myself. Yeah. (laughs) That's so tough. That's so tough. And again, anyone who's been working in early intervention for more than about two days probably encountered a similar situation, although this, again, I think is a little bit extreme because they've had some previous things. And I, okay, so let me just be really blunt, Mary. Have they, they when you say previous therapists, that means mom and dad have moved on to new therapists by their choice. In other words, they fired people, right? Yes, yes. Okay, okay, all right. So I wanted to be sure that we kind of cleared that up that it's not that they've, like, moved out of town and gotten someone or the therapists have gone on maternity leave or they've left for a new job. These are parents who have said, this is not a good match for my family. I want somebody else. Yes. And you are number what, three or four? Number three. I'm number three. Okay. And I think they've been through a few occupational therapists also. Okay. All right, there you go. Okay, so let's keep reading. (laughs) It says he does receive occupational therapy. The mother reports that the therapist does activities to provide deep pressure to calm him down, and he responds well. So that's great. That's a strength. She's figured out what works. She's also given uh, the mother bike tubes and a nook brush for him to use. I've tried to contact her, but she's not returned my phone call. So is this an OT that you know, or is this an OT No, it's it's someone that I do not know. She does not work for our early intervention program. She works for a private practice in town, and I have tried a few times to contact her and just haven't gotten a return call. But I don't know, maybe she's been on vacation or it's just been, you know, a rough summer. (laughs) Not sure what's going on there. Okay. And you've just started, let's say you said you've only seen a little fam- this family for a couple of months so he's still fairly we started, new yes we started the end of May 
Okay, so still fairly new, so a couple of months. All right. And so you go on to say some really sweet things in the email. You say, I attended your conference last spring. Love your philosophy and your approach to helping these little ones communicate. I truly believe we must form a connection with both the child and the family in order to help and make therapy fun. She says, I've discussed with this child's mother the fact that when children can communicate, they do communicate, and we need to back things up a bit and to establish milestones such as joint attention, communicative intent, appropriate play, and take the demands off. And then you uh, cited some ideas that you got from the conference, but the little here comes the choo-choo game and row, row your boat, and you even made up a few similar ones that he loved. He will come to you to initiate these activities, and he sometimes sits down for a few minutes to play with toys like Mr. Potato Head and the Ball Tower. However, his mother reports that he will not sign, and you say that you've not had luck with that at all, right? Right. Okay. And other therapists have tried pictures because he does love to look at pictures, but he just rips them up. Often during our sessions, something sets him off, and he throws objects, bangs his head, and tries to bite. And then you give a little bit about his uh, speech sound repertoire. He will approximate words, but only but his only volitional consonant sounds are G, a G, or a D, so G or D. He does have more sounds during babbling with a B and an M, but he will not imitate these sounds or any vowel sounds. And then you go on to say, and you're so sweet about this, I so want to help this child and family. This poor baby is so frustrated, and so are his parents. They are very educated, caring, and involved, but not quite ready to think about anything other than the fact he's frustrated because he can't communicate. And you go on to say any suggestions or advice would be greatly appreciated. And, again, I love it when therapists feel like I do with, oh, my goodness, this is this is, has to be tough for everybody, and you are approaching it from what can I do to help rather than being really, really negative about what some people could really kind of over-focus on with, this family fired a lot of people, <laughs> and they right. obviously aren't really ready to take a look at all of the underlying things and all of the other contributing factors. So today we're going to talk a lot about how we can gently redirect the family to really see what's going on, um, because I think we can't just ignore that with family, and that's the tendency a lot of times. People, they go to two, therapists go to two extremes. Not everybody, but sometimes a therapist will so want to beat a family over the head with, you don't get it, you're in denial, listen to me, I'm the professional, I'm telling you this is what's really wrong. And when a parent's just not ready to hear that, they're just not ready to hear that. Has that been your experience too? Yes, yes. And also I I, I respect the fact that I'm with this child twice a week and the parent's know him better and they have their own you know, convictions and I and I do want to respect that and um, just, you know, approach it in a gentle manner. And so that's and so, what I've tried to do. So what kinds of things have y'all talked about? What And so, so certainly, well, first of all, uh, other people have suggested that he's on the autism spectrum. Do you feel that way, Mary, just based on your time with him? Do you think that's a diagnosis that he would likely get if the parents decided to pursue testing? You know, not necessarily. Um, okay. I think we have some major sensory and some behavior issues going on. Um, it's possible, and 
most likely he would probably get that diagnosis um, depending on what neurologist he saw. But at the I, same time, I'm not saying that I think that's definitely what's going on. Okay. It's hard to say okay. at this point. So you've got some even some wiggle room there in your own clinical opinion about right. whether he would truly get the diagnosis. So, again, that's going on. It's really even more important that we look at the possibility that the family could totally be right in that um, this is just mostly a communication issue compounded by all of these sensory processing differences, compounded by a little guy who physically is probably uncomfortable a lot of the day because of the sensory stuff, and he's not sleeping very well. Right, right. Yeah, did, did you mention, too, that this family had a new baby? Did I get that from you, or is that another yeah. email? No, no, yeah. Okay. okay, and so when I see families like this, don't you just feel for them when they're yes. a miserable toddler? And, yes, and it just breaks my heart. Yeah, and a really and so are are is anybody really sleeping consistently with a new baby and with right. with them? I mean, no. they're all pretty sleep deprived. Yeah, so that's another thing I think we need to consider. And again, sleep is not something that I feel like I treat or it's in with within the scope of my practice. Does the OT address anything about sleep? Do you know? You know, I don't know. I I really wanted to talk to her, but um, but like I said, I haven't been able to get in touch, and so. I don't think so. I know he does take a good consistent nap during the day, which is mom's saving grace. Um, they in his bed awake. Um, I don't think okay. it, you know, they have to get up with him, but I think they just hear him okay. awake throughout a lot of hours okay. of, the, of the night. Okay. Well, but that's good that she's not having to be up with him and walk the floor and do all of that. So at least when Not he, every night. Not Okay. Good deal. Well, that would be my number one recommendation is that you keep – pushing to talk to that OT and I would do you know here's the thing she may not she may be gun shy to talk to you because she knows that this is a family who has been really 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 sensitive and she may feel like man I don't even want to go there because things are going great with me and this mom and I don't want to mess this up so it could be that she's just feeling like gosh you know, I don't, I don't want to put her. She doesn't want to put herself in an uncomfortable position, or she may feel like she doesn't have permission to talk to you. So, one thing right. that I might do is: Have you talked to mom about that? Have you told mom you really, really, really want to talk to the OT? Yes, I have, and she said, and mom did say that the OT was going through a move, um, and so I think things have been okay. a little crazy on her end. So I, I think mom is fine with us talking I think it's okay. just in a matter of crazy time of year yes so. well the other thing that I would do too is get a release to be sure that you had that and I'm sure you probably already had that anyway but I would get it you know in writing that it's okay to talk to her and then I would um, get mom to try to set that up now the, he's she's not seeing him the OT's not seeing him through the early intervention program but is there any way that you guys could co-treat or that's just impossible no, I think we could. I mean, and I'd be willing just to go on my own time just to observe the things that she does that are working with him just to get ideas for myself. Um, 
So I think that's that is what I would a do. possibility. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I would do. And you know what? I would have mom set that up. And okay. I would say, I am new to y'all still. I am still trying to figure him out. You have had so many positive things about how OT is going. And that's true, right? She said that. Yes, yes. Yeah. going very well. And you just. Yeah, and you just say, I want to be able to use her ideas and build on that. I really want to wrap my head around what's going on with him, and I just think it would be awesome if I could see him in OT, pick the OT brain a little bit, and then the three of us could kind of talk about him at the same time. And the most efficient way to do that is for me to do one of her sessions rather than us kind of insisting that she come during my time. And, you know, and yeah. a lot of times... I think when we have moms arrange it, that even takes the pressure off the other therapist with not knowing if mom is okay because mom has art, you know, is doing that herself. And so I think it'll be a nice situation. And then the other therapist too will feel like we're not going to be talking about this family without their permission or without their consent or anything, so that she feels like it's completely on the tape, you know, above the board, every, everything's out in the open, on the table, everybody can kind of talk about things. So that's how I would approach it if I were you, especially okay. in seeing that they've let providers go that they felt like have been a little bit too pushy or have said things that they didn't completely agree with. So that's what I would do, is kind of put it, ask mom to arrange it, and I would be really sweet and nice about it. And I can tell from talking to you Mary, you're like me. You're from the South, and you can you can probably even <laughs> request that she's a little bit uncomfortable with still can push through a little bit, right? And consider yeah. it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So get her to do that. So if she'll do that, I think that would be the way to go because I think it would be great if you could see what she's doing with him, see the, the things that work with him, calming wise. Now. What kinds of things have been successful for you sensory strategy-wise? You've talked about the movement game, so that's going pretty well, right? Yes, he likes that. And then a lot of times if, like I said in my email, sometimes out of nowhere something will set him off and we don't know what it is that causes it. Um, But mom will take him and kind of do those things. She's very involved and she sits right there with us on the floor and she will kind of take him and, and do the deep pressure and and get him calmed down that way, and then I and try and to that works. Resume. Yes, sometimes not not every time. Sometimes we have five or ten minute break and let him and just okay. tantrum it out. So. Okay. And does he recover on his own at that point? I mean, it's just over ten minutes. It's not like the rest of your session is is ruined, and you might as well pack it in and go home. He will recover. He will. Okay. Some days Good are better deal. than others. Okay, here's one thing I was going to say about OT too, and I kind of got off track till I looked back at my notes. Let's revisit that for a minute. When you're doing a co-treat, if she'll let you do it, or even if that doesn't work out and you get mom to get the OT to call you, that was going to be the other thing I was going to say. I haven't had a lot of luck reaching her. Here's my cell number. She can text me. She can email me. Here's, you know, whatever. So that, again, it kind of puts it back with, with mom. Making you know, doing everything that she can to make sure that that contact happens, and I would really ask the OT too about the sleep issues because okay. I, that to me seems pretty critical for this little guy. Have I overread into that, or do you think he's 
Oh, no. I mean, I, I know myself, if I'm asleep, I'm not right, you know. And so I think I think a lot of it is, I mean, I think he's, he doesn't feel well. He's completely exhausted yeah. at all times. So, yes, I think it's a big that, deal yeah. also. So I would really talk to the OT about that. And, the, and I would do it, you know, again, if you guys can co-treat, say to, you know, her and the mom, oh, my goodness, you know, what ideas do you have for them about sleep? Um if they don't want to do the drug route, which just let me say, I because I feel like, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a pharmacist, I can't patients or really suggest things, but I can say I've had lots of families over the years with pretty good lots of melatonin, especially at the beginning. I mean, it may not eventually work, but sometimes right. it really does give a family four to six weeks of sleep, more consistent sleep, and then... Um, Everybody kind of feels better, and even if those sleep problems kind of come back, it did even give just kind of a temporary reprieve from, right. you know, all of that fatigue. So that's certainly when have you visited the melatonin stuff with mom, or she just doesn't want to talk about it? She doesn't really want to talk about it. I've asked questions several times, and you know, she just says, "No, we're not doing that right now." You know, okay. <laughs> change subject. Well. So. Yeah, and it may. Yeah, and I don't. I wouldn't continue to beat the dead horse if she has shut you down like that. I really probably wouldn't. But I would continue to say things like, "Gosh, I just wish there's something we could do to help him sleep better. I wish, you know, I really think he's so 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 tired." And then how you just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel right when I don't sleep. And are those conversations right. that you continue to have with mom? Yes. Yes, and we do have okay. those conversations, and we and she'll acknowledge, you know, when I get there, it was a really rough night last night. We've been up since four o'clock this morning, things wow. like that. So, um, so we do sleep is always a topic every session. How did he sleep last talk. night? How's the sleep been going? Okay. So. Good. Well, I'm glad you've been talking about it with her. Now, do they do a bedtime routine or anything that's um, simple enough for you to be comfortable talking about? I mean, do they, do you think that they implement some just very common sense sleep solution? Yes, they do. And I know they try, I think they do a bath and they read play soft music. Okay. I think they do try all of those things. Okay, good, 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 good. Because again, I feel like if a family's not doing that, that's where we always need to start with sleep. And again, sometimes right. people look for really complicated, very fancy and technical solutions when you realize one night they try to put him to bed at 8 o'clock and one night it's at midnight and one night, then they'll back up and try to put him down at 6.30 and then they'll, he'll be screaming in the backyard and then they'll just go stick him in the crib and think he's going to go to sleep. And so sometimes it's a matter of just addressing very practical, general things, but they have that under control, right? I think so, yes. Okay. I probably need to ask Good you deal. more about that. I would probably explore that a little bit because, again, sometimes I'm surprised about the answers that I'll get and I'll think, mm-hmm. man, I wish I would have asked that six weeks ago. Right, <laughs> you know, when right. my family would just give me some information that I think, man, I, I wish I would have known that. because, And, again, sometimes it's not easy, especially because they have a new baby, to always make things so routine and so dependent. But some of our little guys who sound like this little guy really need those environmental clues that let them know, hey, it's time for me to settle down and go to sleep. Because any kid who has sensory processing issues, we know regulation is a problem. And the biggest thing that can go wrong with regulation with toddlers is is that awake sleep cycle. So that's certainly something that I would, 
you know, continue to just kind of talk about and gently probe. And any time a parent shuts me down about stuff, I don't say, unless I know them super, super well, no, we are going to talk about this because, you know, that's not really me. And certainly with this mom, I would continue to handle her with kid gloves because she is so sensitive, for lack of a better word, with Mm -hmm. – anything that you would say. But that's the sleep stuff. I moved on before I was ready to move on, and I wanted to go back and be sure to say all that, all of that because I feel like you do. Sleep is just critical, and we really can't address the developmental issues that we need to address when a kid is overtired or hungry or in pain or sick, and those are right. things that we all, you know, those are the kinds of basic physical needs have to be handled first. So, okay, we've talked everything about that. We need to know the family's kind of sleep schedule and what practical things they're doing. You're also going to do everything you can to get OT involved. Since he responds to deep pressure so well, a lot of a lot of kids have had luck with, like, a weighted blanket. A lot of kids have I think have they had tried a weighted vest. They did try okay. a weighted vest. And that okay. did not work at all. He said he just did not like that at all. So, well, and I can certainly understand um, that. I my own oldest child, who's 24, about to be 25, responded beautifully to just a very old, heavy army sleeping bag. And again, he wasn't two when we started it. He was probably about four. But oh my goodness, it totally changed all of our lives because he needed that deep pressure even when he slept. So that might be something that, again, I feel pretty comfortable talking to your parent about investigating a weighted blanket. Even if they don't buy one, again, they can try something really, really practical like a heavier blanket or something. Now, some moms will say, well, it's hot. I don't really want to do that. It's summer. I get that. And if their home is really, really hot, that might not make a lot of sense. But if he already was so beautifully to deep pressure during the day, that's something that I would feel comfortable suggesting for him for nighttime, too, just based on what he's already done. So wanted to mention that okay. as well. Good idea. Okay. 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 All right. So let's go back to... The things that you say that you've said you've found success with because and I say this every week on the show, you have to start where the kid is. You can't really start at what your end all goal is gonna be, which is talking. You kinda have to and I love how you said back him up and again I can tell that you've been to the course because I I say that about oh, hundred and fifty times during the course of our <laughs> Six-hour day with back up, back up, back up until you find a place that he can be comfortable. And so he's responding to your little social games, right? Yes, he is. And he's even initiating them. He'll come to me and sit in my lap and put his arms around my neck like he's asking for that. That is so sweet. And does his mom recognize that that's a big deal? Oh, yes, yes, and they've taught everyone in the family how to do these little games with him, and they that's one really great thing that we have been able to do. Yay, and that's why social games work, because they do work with almost every single kid, and it accomplishes that back up to where they can be successful, um, it kind of, and with him, it gives you that connection that you may not have with him otherwise, right? And he's had some pretty negative experiences with therapy 
So, again, I think that's another positive for his mom to see that he really likes you and responds pretty well to you. And is that something she acknowledges with you, Mary, that she says? Yes, yes, she does feel that way. And we're always so happy at the end of the session. We say, yay, we made it with no tantrums today. And it was a great day. (laughs) Good, good, good. Okay, so how many little social routines, social games do you think you're playing with him? You're doing the chichi game, you're doing row, row your boat. How many other things do you think that you do in the course of the session? So our sessions are only 30 minutes, so I try to do, okay. when I can, I start out with, you know, I try to give him, mom wants me to keep the bag of toys outside because it's right. too distracting for him, so I bring in, I get one thing at a time, or I'll hold up two and let him point to which one he wants, and after we uh-huh. do a sitting activity, we usually do one of the movement activities, kind of go back and forth. Yeah. You're doing awesome. That whole move, sit, move, sit really works because it keeps kids' little bodies kind of regulated. You know, you kind of have them sit down and focus, and then you let them get up. And, you know, again, some parents have to think about that with getting energy out or whatever a mom might say about that. But we know they're getting their little bodies, again, pretty regulated so that they can sit down with us and do the next little sit-down activity. Okay, so will he repeat social games with you, or do you have to always new or he he likes kind of your tried and true ones no he wants the same ones over and over again and he'll come sit in my lap and he'll you know rock back and I know that he wants the rockabye baby ones that we made up you know like I I can always tell which one he wants you know by the way he comes to me that he likes the same ones okay so you're pretty intuitive with figuring out what he wants or is he doing gestures or you just what? No gestures. I said I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. No yeah. gestures. Okay. Um, so no gestures. But at all. he's doing something. So is he? But how? How do? You, how can you figure out what he's? Which one he wants? Does he like? Okay. So you're doing row row your boat. So if he's rocking back and forth, you know it's that one. Did you say you have another couple that he does on your lap? Yes. Like I, we did the. I do the rock about baby, and I rock him, you know, up and down, and he sits sideways on my lap. So when we do that, that's he really sits sideways cute. When he wants that, that's and then really if he wants cute. to row row your boat, he wants me to put my legs out and sit on my knee. You know, he, he, I can tell by where he sits, you know, which one he wants. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Does with row row your boat? Does he grab your hands to do it, or is it just that he's sitting on your legs? No, he'll grab my hands, and okay, I always good. stop. And I'll say, row, 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 your, and he'll go, he'll do his approximation of boat, but it's really just, that's just the G sound. Okay, so that's, but that's good. He's doing something there. Right. Okay, good deal. All right, so this is what I would do. With the little social games that he loves, I would try to introduce a little bit, another little step in there for him to be able to initiate that. So for row, row your boat, when he sits on your lap like he wants, I probably would try to sit on my hands or put him behind my back or do something where he he has to sit on my lap and pull my hands or something like that. Have you done that before? I would probably do that. Okay. Okay, that's a good idea. Okay, I would do that because it's just one baby step harder he already likes it so you know that he wants 
to do it. And, it, again, it's just it's something else that he is going to have to gesture or, or come up with some way to communicate for you to do it. So even when he gets sideways in your lap, I might not put my hand, you know, I, so when he sits in your lap for Rockabye Baby, which is very, very cute, by the way. I love that idea. Um, do you kind of automatically scoop him up? To do it, yes. I would probably not. I would probably not do. I would maybe do one of my arms. Like you probably put an arm under his head and shoulders, and then one arm under his little legs. Like you're going to rock him, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would probably not. I would probably just not put one of my arms up and see what he's going to do. You know what I mean? Either hold his head okay. and hold his legs, or just and see what he does. He may be so confused okay. that he gets up like. You're not playing right, and I no longer want to play with you, which you'll know, okay, he's not there yet. But he really might try to, like, really make a lot of eye contact, or um, he might try to pull your arm up. He might try to, again, who knows what he's going to do. But just something to let you know, hey, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to stay with you and get you to understand what I mean. So. Think about that with the little games that he likes. And, again, without seeing you do them, it's going to be hard for me to tell you exactly what might work. But just think of how what's one little thing I can do to make this a teeny bit um, more of a challenge for him to try to get to demonstrate some new kind of communication there. And it could be how is his eye contact? Is his eye contact okay? He has very good eye contact. And I okay. think he really knows what he's trying. You know, it's always the G sound paired with a uh. But okay. you know, if it's a two-syllable word, it's da da. You know, or if it's it's yeah, he's trying to say the word boat, I believe. And I'll he'll even let me take my fingers and put them on his lips, and I'll just say, put your lips together. You know, B. Yeah. And he he just can't do it. Okay. I won't do Did it. You have... Okay. Well, and it's hard to determine. It is, you know, it, it really might be can't, though. You know, he can't do it right. unless it just kind of pops right. out. Um, other other kinds of games that you, what are the other things that you've made up that he's kind of doing on your lap? I mean, are you doing like a little ride a little horsey thing where you're bouncing him around? Have you tried that one? He loves that. He loves that, the bouncing. Yeah. And he loves tickling. And so I'll tickle and, and I'll do my hands slowly, tickle. Tickle, 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 you know, and he'll yeah. he love that. Um, and he does the and, uh, up, up, okay, up, so down. Ba- okay, good, good. Okay, so back up to your tickle, tickle, tickle. Does he do his little hands to kind no. of gesture to you? Okay, that's something that I would try to, again, without seeing how he does it right now, but sometimes I'll, you know, even kind of grab their little hands and squeeze their fingers like, you do it, you do it, and see if he okay. can... Start to do that. Will he clap with you, Mary? Does he ever clap? You know, I don't know that I've seen him clap. I know with his mom, he'll do the wheels on the bus hand movements. He'll let her take his hands and do them, and he'll Uh start to do some on his own. Um, But, you know, I don't know that I've seen him clap. I would try to get that going. Because okay. this kind of leads into your, and, and I would do it in the context of your little social game. So I would probably do, he won't clap with you at the end of songs. Do you clap and say, yeah, or when he's 
when he's done yes. something? Do you yes. cheer him on? Okay. I would yes. do some hand over hand to see if you can get some clapping going. And I wouldn't okay. let him just, you know, hold his little arms up like you do it. You know, clapping's pretty okay. darn easy. <laughs> right. I would make a big deal about it and then see if he can kind of do a lot of, you know, get that going. If he likes song, see if he'll do if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. So, like, he didn't okay. do patty cake or anything, right? You know, he does do that with his mom. He does patty okay. cake. I have seen them do that together. Okay. So he that, is clapping a little bit with that, right? I guess he is, now that I think hands. about it. Okay. I feel right, like so she see, takes his hands and does patty cake with, I don't think he's not doing it on his own, but he will allow her to take his hands and do all the motions. Okay. So what I would probably tell mom is, mom, he knows this now. He likes this little song now. So try to just get him started and then don't do his hands the whole, let's see what he'll do on his own. And just gently lead mom away from always having to be that every single time, the whole song through, hand over hand assistance. Is that kind of what she's doing now where she does yes. the whole thing? Yeah, I would really start talking to her about backing that off a little bit and seeing if he can do it. And, you know, I would say things like, I think he's really smart. I think he knows the rest of this little routine. I think he's just become a little bit dependent on doing the whole thing. So let's let's see what he'll do on his own and just see maybe if you can get some of that imitation going that way in the context okay. of these little games and songs because that's what he likes so that's where you're going to meet him the other thing right. i would do is what you you've already done with row, row row your boat and letting him fill that uh, in i would mm-hmm. yeah i would do that with every little routine that you do it's, are you already doing that like with rock baby I how am are you singing doing that? that okay and is he trying to sing <laughs> no <laughs> i'm sorry um but now i'll just um you know, rock my baby in the tree, and then he'll say, he'll try to say top. When the wind blows, okay. the cradle will, and then try, he'll try to fill it in. He try. I think he's really trying. He knows what he wants to say. Okay, good, good. And so is mom feeling it, letting him do a lot of verbal routines during the day? Are they doing it with anything besides songs? Do you know? I have discussed that with her, and I think I think she's implementing. You know, it's been a little crazy with the newborn, but sure, um, sure. but I do. She's I know she's doing everything she can to help him yeah. communicate, and yeah. um, we have discussed verbal routine. Okay, I would get as many go of those kinds of things going as you can, because again, he's trying, and I still wouldn't worry about our tick with a little guy like this because. Mm-hmm. You've got a ton more going on, and he's right. still pretty new to you. So I, I wouldn't. I would keep doing the stuff you're doing as far as the little um, tactile cues to his mouth to get his lips together for mm-hmm. B and all of that. But I think if you go overboard too much with that, he's going to resist it, just kind of based on what you've said about him. Is that right. true? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I would keep yeah. that pretty light and fun, and keep it with the, okay. you know, tell mom we're going to just you know get some new sounds just by introducing these verbal routines and trying new things, introducing new things for him to say. And, again, just your sharp, keen ear of listening, listening, listening for what sounds that you might hear him do 
that seem to be new and then come up with new ways to get that. And, again, if verbal routines seem to work, that's what I would do. Since he's doing a G with you, Mary, will he do ready, set, go? Does he try to do go? Yes, yes, he tries to say go. And um, okay. even with, and I haven't heard an O, but it's go. Um, but one time he said green, he said gee. You know, so he did have an E, but that's the only time I've heard the E vowel. Okay. Okay. Um, have you Mom tried? reports uh, that she's hearing a lot more, um, more sounds and babbling, a lot more okay. than normal, which is good. So that's um, and I have heard, I've heard a little, a few, I've heard the M and the B in the past couple of weeks during okay. the babbling. Okay. So it's working. Mom feels like news are coming in, and then you've, heard that too with your own more objective ear that he's getting a little bit more variation there and that's fantastic I still think with the kids he's not really going to be able to follow cues like you say da 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 because he's not going to say he's not there yet right 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 yeah and so you're just going to keep using that approach that you're using with him really fun really full and see what he's going to imitate in the context of those verbal routines. Will he do, has he imitated anything outside of your little routines, Mary? Have you heard like an uh-oh or um, any other little exclamatory word or an animal sound or anything like that when it's not been connected to a, a verbal routine? No, and I've discussed with mom, you know, non-speech sounds like the panting or Right. You know, it, right. popping or any of those, um, and, and no, we, he has not at all. We've, okay, not, so we've just talked not, about that, just, you know, even just wow or oh or yay, and none of those. So. Okay, and, and he won't even do like a pant or a little yell. Well, we do a yell at the end of like, you're doing row, row your boat, are you doing that second verse? You know, if you see an alligator, close your eyes and scream. Will he imitate a little oh, scream? Oh, I about that verse. No, add no, that verse hasn't. this week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Add that we'll verse do. this week. Because, again, you might start to see some variety just introducing a new little variation of a game that he'll do. And, and that's, okay. you know, beyond the social connection and learning the routine and remembering the routine, you know, for its cognitive and receptive language part. That is where you're, you may start to really hear more sounds because you're, intro you're thinking and you're introducing newer little vocalizations, but only in the context of a game if he's not doing it, you know, with a toy. Okay. So keep thinking okay. about that. And you have teach me to play with you, right? You have that. Didn't you say you, you had the book? Yes. Well, I have the okay. video, and um, I guess it's in the book. I have the therapy manual and... Building verbal imitations and toddlers. Um, and they have loaned it. I loan it to people all the time. I feel like <laughs> they need to buy their own copy. I need to get it back. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to get it back. And listen, I would share the chart with mom. Okay. And I would say, you know, in the chart from building verbal imitation, and I would say, mm -hmm. You know, these are all the things that have to come in way before we get to single words. You know, we're not really hearing any play sounds yet. Let's see what we can do to kind of get that going. We're hearing verbal routines, but in a way, not even as consistently as maybe you would even like. So let's kind of, you know, 
back up where we're going to really focus on teaching more and more and more social games so we give him newer things that he can say. All right, let's move on. So we've talked a lot about that. We're going to use social games to really, again, teach him to do new things, teach him how to initiate in different ways and get some new sounds going through that. What about receptive language? What kinds of things have you been able to get him to do? Is he following directions for you, like in potato heads? Well, if you say, let's get a hat. Where's this hat? Will he do that? Yes. He he knows his body parts. He will point to mom's body parts, facial body parts, and he will follow directions sometimes. I, I feel like he understands simple directions, like it's time to clean up because sometimes okay. he'll for him if he's not ready to clean up. Um, okay. And so he will do simple one-step directions without cues. And he loves books, and so okay. he likes to point, to point to all the pictures in the books, and he you know, just makes this little sound for each one. But if you ask him, you know, show me the so-and-so, he'll do it if he feels like it. Um, but I think that might be behavioral. I think, because I have seen him point to, you know, five to ten pictures receptively okay. in a book. Okay. And so what's the context of when he will do it versus when he won't do it? Just, you know, whatever it way just, the wind is blowing, or does it just seem to be, you know, I mean, just, can you tell when he'll do it versus when he won't do it? Can you, can you decide what makes that worth it to him? I think it's just when when he feels like it. <laughs> and I, you okay. know, he doesn't, as far as, you know, the way things are set up in the house, you know, I think mom really tries to keep the peace. And so there's not a whole lot of, um, he doesn't need yeah. a lot of resistance. You know what I mean? So <laughs> sure. if he doesn't can, feel like doing it, yeah. then he doesn't have to. Yeah. And I, I get that. And especially with what season she's in in her life, with, right. hey, I've got this new baby, so I'm not going to piss the two-year-old off. And, again, any of you are, are offended that I said, you know, P.O.'d and um, know, I'm not going to have a cuss word or anything. I hope you're not offended by that or any of our listeners. No. But I get that when moms say, and sometimes therapists will push a little bit too hard on that and, you know, and say, well, he, you know, we've got to up the ante a little bit. But I totally get it when mom says, I'm, I'm not ready to do that yet. Uh, or, you know, that's going to make him too mad. I had rather avoid that fight. That may be her personality with everything, you know. And she, again, that may be how she is with her husband and with her mother-in-law and with, right. you know, whoever. So, again, sometimes we can't always change that about a mom either. With receptive language, other things that I would do for him, again, I'll try to make it more game-like. So will, okay. will he do puzzles with you? He, you know, he doesn't like the pieces to be in the puzzle. He loves to look at the puzzle pieces, and he'll do his little vocalization. Like, he wants you to name it for him, but he wants uh-huh. to, like, scoot it off. Like, he doesn't want it to be in the He might do two or three. If there's a puzzle uh-huh. of eight pieces, he might put two pieces in, but then he starts kind of throwing them around. He doesn't want them to be in Have the you- puzzle done it where you put the puzzle on the other side of the room and you run, put it in, and then you run back and get another piece and then run, put it in. I've had a lot no, of luck with kids. I would try it because he likes the movement stuff already. Okay. And so I would put it, again, on one side of the room and not where you just have to run like two steps. I mean, I would put it pretty far across the room and have you at one end of the room 
with, you know, the pieces and mom at the other end of the room with the puzzle or vice versa and where, you know, he'd get the piece and I would try to do it. I would probably do it as a receptive language game first and hold two pieces and say, you know, if you're, if it's an animal puzzle, you know, get the dog, where's the dog? And, you know, and if he's trying to other piece that you have, I would do everything I can to really let him pick the one that you say so that, you know, that okay. whole receptive language is reinforced and the behavior piece is reinforced. And then I would run with him over to put it in the puzzle and then run back because I think that running part makes that pretty darn fun. Yes. And, see, and just see if you can get a little bit more that way and again that didn't work for every kid that's just an idea I would do with him and then you can probably get a little bit more feel for what he really does understand receptively or if he just gets really really whiny about no I only want the piece I want then you'll know it really is behavior right and be able okay. to kind of you know address it or not address you know however you feel like mom is going to let you do all right before okay. we're out of time this is what I wanted to say as you're doing all these things, I would talk out loud to mom and really say things like, you know, it's so hard for me to really blame this on behavior because I don't know if he really, truly understands what I'm asking him to do. And I think parents take that a little bit better when it's very specifically pointed to what you're doing at the time versus you sitting and saying, I have some real concerns about his receptive language. I think I think that you've totally overestimated what he understands. Right. You know, I think it. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's just been lost with that. You know, I wouldn't do any of that with this mom. I would keep everything focused on what you see right in front of you. Okay. But I would talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. But again, in a questioning kind of this, you know, and not even so much asking her what do you think about this. I would just talk out loud a lot about what you're seeing and how how you really, what your concerns are and gently, gently, gently bring it up that way. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. That does. Because you've got to talk about it. She's right. got to know that you have some concerns. You can't, right. you know, and, and you can, again, you're going to be able to say, well, I agree that he's tired today, but I really am not sure what he understands, Mom. I'm really right. not sure. You know, and again, try to make it about whatever your real concern is versus, you know, these other, whatever her right. callback is. And I would just keep plugging away there. Do you see him after he's three, Mary, or do you stop at three? No. Well, I will. Pro- they may be moving. I will probably stop after three. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing I was going to say. I would keep doing that, and then as it gets closer to your time being fixed with him, you naturally can be a little more forthcoming and a little less um, subtle because your time yes. with him will come to an end anyway. Yeah. So that you're handing him off to the next program and the next person, still with mom, 
you've you've established the relationship with mom. She obviously likes you because you've been there for two months now. (laughs) When that relationship could have ended by now, you know, and I would just keep in your very pleasantly persistent way talking about the things that you are concerned about. And, again, based on just you lovingly getting to know him, versus her thinking that you're coming in making all of these judgments about her child when you really don't know him anyway. If it comes from a place of this is specifically what I'm saying, this is specifically what the language is here versus her hearing a word like autism. Do you know what I mean by that? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and do you feel like she's responsive to that sort of thing? Have you done that, or have you just totally kind of stayed away from it? No, we have, because a lot of times, you know, he'll have a, just a really severe tantrum with banging his head and throwing things. Yeah. And um, I'll just say, you know, I'm not sure that he, I think he's really frustrated. Or, you know, I'll just say, like, what do you normally do with, you know, have you tried right. this, have you tried that, and, um, you know, so... Yeah. So we have talked about that a little bit. And this is the other thing that I would start to add with, with you know, with his sensory differences and with this kind of, kind of this, you know, concerns beyond language, I am getting a little bit more concerned, Mom, that this is more than just light talking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would just, again, say it pretty gently like that mm-hmm. and not anything more than, you know, your kid has autism. How have you not known? You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't right. go there, but I really right. would gently try to keep saying, you know, if it were just like talking, I don't think we would be seeing these other things, Mom. I think I, I'm really concerned that it, it takes so long for him to calm down, and I'm really concerned that I can't get as consistent a response as I would like with these receptive language things. You know, and just those kinds of, does he do any? stimulatory stuff, Mary, does he flap or spin or? No, not really. He doesn't. Okay. Well, then he may not be on the spectrum, so I can see how. That's the thing. I'm just not sure that he is. Yeah. (laughs) This is a new one. I mean, I've really never had. I've been doing this for 12 years, and I've just never seen a child like this. Okay. And so, and that might be, do you say that to mom? Because that might be something I would say, too, is, man, he just doesn't really fit any of my neater categories where I could kind of put him. But I guess mom feels right. that way already, right? Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would share all of those things. I mean, but do you, this isn't just a straight kind of late talking kid, though, because he's got other things going on. I think what that diagnosis I'm sorry. Not, and, and that's okay. I think it's I think it's apraxia, and I think it's severe yeah. sensory issues and possible spectrum possible. Yeah, spectrum like, and you know you can have some characteristics. Yeah. yeah, you can certainly have some characteristics and not qualify for that full blown diagnosis. And listen, right. that's what some moms kind of get really comfortable with hearing, and that's a happy medium for them. They're like, right. okay. That gives room for these things that are unaccounted for with anything else. Right. But it still right. leaves me my um, pride is not the right word, but it still saves them from that uncomfortable position of, you know, gosh, this is something 
uh, and again, as a mom would think, really, really wrong. So that might be well. On the label, I think it's the label too that they don't want. You know, and I don't blame them, um, but I think just the label yeah. in general is so scary. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it totally is, and he's only two. And so I I understand where your parent is coming from with all of those things. I do think it's important, though, to be really, really honest about your concerns. I wouldn't mm-hmm. keep saying, you know, it's just like talking or whatever. Have you talked with her about apraxia? I have. And I've explained okay. to her, you know, what it is, and I've said, you know, I'm not sure that this is what, you know, until he has more speech, um, but you know, I'm sort of leaning towards this and, you know, I've encouraged her not to get on the Internet and, um, right. you know, things like that. And I've said, you know, the treatment's not going to change. You know, we're still going to do the right. same thing. And so, um, but I, ha- I have put that out there. And and I think she's okay. You know, I think she's okay with that. I just think the, okay. the spectrum is what's scary. So. It's very scary. And I can certainly understand that. So I would do everything I can to really gently redirect her Mm-hmm. to looking at not just weight stopping. It's not something that's going to completely go away on its own. He's not going to wake up tomorrow and all of things be magically cured. I would certainly address the sleep part. Um, we talked about how you can use your social game stuff. The other thing I was going to say about since signing has not been successful with him, I would really mm-hmm. back up and teach those prerequisites for signing, which are already kind of addressing with having him mm-hmm. do those really simple motor imitations like clapping after okay. you, like dancing with you, you know, kind of imitating okay. you as you dance, like banging his hands on um, the table or a couch or anything that starts with a big body imitation of you, imitating marching across the room where he's doing that. So if you have building imitation in toddlers, if you have that, chart that book yes. look at the stuff at the top of level two at the top so of that's level what two. i would okay. yeah so that's what okay. i would do go back to kind of the top of the chart there and see okay. what you can get going in that kind of context you've got to do that stuff before he would sign right Picture, i think that's a lot said, of I'm, I'm sorry, sorry go, go ahead, ahead. No, what were you going to say? I think that's a lot of what's happened. He wasn't really ready to sign, and the other people were kind of pushing that. Pushing it, and so he just has an aversion to it, you know. Almost. I don't know yeah, that he has an aversion, but he just doesn't. He's just he's not there yet. And so it's, he's, he's not very there frustrated. Yeah. You know, and so I would, I would, yeah. And, and listen, if he is severely apraxic, we have some kids that are globally apraxic, meaning that they really – can't always even make those bigger body movements. Right. Imitation of somebody else. So you have to start with the bigger body things, and that's at the top. So look at your chart, that building verbal okay. imitation and toddlers. Look at that chart for things at the top and see what it okay. is. Since he likes books, you might try to find those little books that where you're imitating what the picture is doing. And okay. so do you have anything like that? I don't, uh, but a, I heard uh, – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Sorry. And I, just, I heard on one of your podcasts you talking about an Elmo book that yeah. has imitation yeah. movements. 
there's a there's a book called Elmo Says. There's a book called Barney Says. There's a book by Eric Carle that's at every Target I've ever been in, and I think it was on last week's show maybe that I mentioned this called From mm-hmm. Head to Toe, where mm-hmm. the picture is there and you're imitating what they do. You could probably do that with any other kind of book if it's maybe just a book that he has about babies, where the baby mm-hmm. is smiling or the baby is holding arms up or the baby is. Just look, too, for what he already has and see if you can, you know, reasonably say, oh, look, that baby is whatever, or that doggy is rhyming, that's rhyme, and see if he'll do that kind of thing, too. Anything to get that imitation piece going. Okay, okay. Is what I would try. And, again, sometimes it's trickier if you don't have a specific book or a specific set of material to use, but you you can figure that out. You'll be able to. Yes come up with something for that. And if you already yeah. like books, that would certainly be something um, else that I would try with that. Okay. Pictures, let's talk about this for one second, and then we're going to wrap it up because I know we're already past an hour. Um, picture exchange, communication system, have you have you done any very specific trading for objects that he really likes, or you just don't want to go there with pictures yet? Well, a previous therapist tried it, and... Okay. Then they and they did not have success, and so mom doesn't want to go there. And we had discussed even doing pictures of his things, you know. But again, yeah. it, she's not on board with that. And if she doesn't want to do it, don't do it because you have to have right. so much follow up with pets. And if a family isn't really, really committed, it is not a system that I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to implement because it takes right. a lot of follow through. And because they have a new baby, and again, their season in life, that just may not be practical for them yet. Right, right. But know that signs are going to take longer if he's not imitating any kind of direct movement from you. And so you've got to back it up and work on that stuff first. And then in a couple of months, you may be ready to move towards signs. But until he claps, you're not going to get the sign for more, you know, until he imitates clapping. Until, you know, until he's imitating waving from you. He's not really going to be able to move on to really, really using those signs. So I would back up and okay. kind of look at those kinds of things too. Okay. I feel like okay. I've been a little bit helter-skelter in talking about all of this, but this is a family with lots of different needs. No, <laughs> so I hope you've so gotten thankful. some ideas. I am so thankful for your time. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I want to hear a follow-up about him before he turns three. Can, will you... Call me and I will be. I will definitely be in touch. Yes, okay. I will be in touch. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And he's so lucky to have you because you sound like a really, really wonderfully caring person. And I'm glad his parents appreciate you and have found a good match. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> you. I think you're on the right path. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Okay, and um, Mary, I'm going to send you. Uh, uh, you've already said you have all of my books and DVDs, so I'm going to send you a therapy guide to thank you for your time on the show today. Oh, great. So look for that okay. Sounds great. All okay. Right. Thank you thank so you much. much. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That's all for today. I hope you've gotten some ideas for families that you work with. And just keep talking to moms when they need that gentle redirection. It works. I promise. See you next week. Bye-bye.